are you ready to get cooking? Yeah. Count me in. All you need are the right ingredients. Interviews. Home Cook. and every day. Crazy people. What a lovely meal. Welcome to JJ Jackson's Food Tips. The basics and beyond. The gourmet kitchen is indispensable. Now. 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 JJ Jackson. Well, first off, we have a lot of good times on this show. This is all about the good life and enjoying great food, wonderful wine, incomparable home cooks, awesome chefs, great interviews, and terrific friends. Food Tips, The Basics and Beyond is a fast-paced lifestyle show that's fun and funny. Anything that relates to food service, home goods, restaurants, getaways, conferences, exhibits, vacation spots, just about anything that helps make life more enjoyable. Count on learning a few things and enjoying every minute of it. Hey, this is JJ Jackson. I'm really happy with the experience I've had starting my show with Spotify for podcasters. It's been super easy to get started. You don't need an elaborate setup. You can even do it from your phone. I love the Q&A for listeners and the polls to keep everyone involved and talking. Believe me, it's worth checking out. Get the Purple app, Spotify for Podcasters, or www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. And in food news, time for food news. Food news. On food tips, the basics and beyond. Lose is good food for your mind. Some people like their waffles sweet, and some like them savory. Hugh Jackman likes his waffles shroomy. Hugh prompted questions from fans after he posted some photos of a curious-looking cheat meal he enjoyed at a Waffle House in England recently. I didn't know they had Waffle Houses in England. He said, happy cheat meal to me. One pic showed a waffle slathered with mushrooms uh, chili-like red sauce and what looked to be a melted cheese sauce. Some fans had trouble believing anyone would want to share the meal with him. And he didn't. Good for you. Sounds tasty to me. And now, one of the greatest food tweets of all time from Mira Wilson at Mira Right Stuff. Carrots are a great thing to eat when you're hungry and you want to stay that way. Dean Fisher is a hotel sourcing and contracting specialist. He's got 25 years as a luxury hotelier and a little over 10 of those years spent with MGM Resorts International, serving at the world-famous Bellagio in Las Vegas. Dean Dean has like become my new best friend in about five days. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> JJ, it's great to be here with you, my friend. It really was an amazing time meeting you, and I can't wait for this conversation. This is going to be a whole lot of fun. First of all, uh, tell us a little bit about your background, where you were brought up, how you got into this business, and uh, whatever else you can think of. Yeah, for sure. I, I uh, was raised as a Las Vegas baby. My parents transplanted into Vegas when we thought it was actually a city and it was probably more like a cowboy town back then. Yeah. Every every hotel had a driveway and, and nobody had a parking garage. <laughs> That's a long time ago. <laughs> it sure was. I remember when I could say the Hacienda wasn't even in Las Vegas, and that's actually where the Mandalay Bay sits right now. Wow. Really interesting if you go back 30 or 40 years and, and to see where Las Vegas is now with the new sphere and the F1 racing coming up. And just it's, it's so exciting to see what Las Vegas has done. But I've watched it evolve for about 30-plus years in the events industry and conference space. Um, at the time when I got in, there were nightclubs that were outside of the Las Vegas Strip but not in the buildings. 
Uh, all the fine dining restaurants of Las Vegas were not on the strip either. They were all outside. And everything absorbed into the hotel industry over the time frame that I was in it. So I had this amazing template and uh, place that I could work and really just enjoy the highest level of the events industry and ended up producing conferences at Bellagio with my team there in the end of my career. So I felt really blessed to have seen all this progress in Las Vegas. And I can always really kind of lean back on it as a template of how, how the events industry has grown over the last 30 years. The business is uh, developed amazingly. It's just, uh, I mean, from, from just a bystander looking at what happened to Las Vegas, going from, you know, a cowboy town to essentially a huge Disneyland. Yeah. It's all Disneyland. Yeah. For all, for all case and purposes, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the entertainment mecca of the world. And we realized over the years that we were developing, um, you know, the, the industry itself around us. As we developed in Vegas, the industry developed. And now that I've had a chance to kind of get out and see the industry from the outside of the world, I can tell you the template of Las Vegas is alive and well in many other areas of this uh, amazing opportunity we have to travel and visit with our families and friends years ago and this, this probably was around 19 maybe 96 or 7 i took a group of radio listeners from atlanta to las vegas and uh we stayed at the golden nugget at the time and it had just been kind of redone uh it was uh the fremont street experience is that what it's called uh it had, is had just started, and uh, it, it was amazing. And after that, I just fell in love with the Vegas. Well, you you wouldn't believe this, but I actually got my career started at the Golden Nugget. Wow! Yeah, we never even talked about that. But I, uh, I at the time, believe it or not, worked for a, a a person in Las Vegas that we'll say was involved with the organized crime. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, he. He owned a bar across the street called uh, Cosmos Underground. It was an Italian restaurant. Wow. Was it a great restaurant? It, it was amazing. It was one of the best restaurants in Las Vegas at the time. And it was about two stories underground on the Fremont Street as you walk on above now. It's where the Baskin Robbins is. Oh, man. I mean, the food now is just incredible in Vegas. Yeah, it's, it's really it's really taking its own. Um, there was a, an asserted effort to bring in five diamond chefs and, and, you know, for all reasons, Las Vegas rivals New York in a lot of ways in the culinary experiences. Tell me a little bit about the catering experiences you've had. You know, I think one of the ones that stick out the most is we opened the love show at the Mirage when the Beatles show opened there about 20 years ago. And the Mirage is a very dear place to me. I spent 10 years there. It's going to be a hard rock now, which is going to be amazing. They're going to do a, a great guitar hotel there. But I had the pleasure of opening the Love Experience. It was an 18-hour adventure we did in our Mirage Event Center. And started out with like a, a more of a carnival fair style thing. And you can imagine in the Cirque world with all the Beatles and the expertise from all of that, it moved into a very large production show area. And then at the end of the experience, it was a nightclub. And I can say there was about 3,000 people in this room, about three in the morning, having the time of their lives with anybody you can imagine at the time. It was a really surreal experiment. That's very exciting. In your experience being uh, in that kind of uh, position, what are some of the strangest things that has happened to you? In <laughs> um, which direction would you want me to go? There was, uh, <laughs> there's many things we've seen in Las Vegas. Um, I was present to uh, present Siegfried and Roy 
their anniversary cake in the in the Ezekiel uh, Noy Theater at the Mirage. Um, I'll say that one of the coolest events I've done was at the Bellagio was for Maroon 5 after Adam Levine did The Voice. And we had a really big concert setting there that was just absolutely amazing. I can say there's some stories about Las Vegas I could tell, but maybe not in this setting. That would be a little <laughs> bit more interesting for most. Um, but I'll tell you, you know, cash is king in Las Vegas. You, you, there were some things that happened through the 80s and 90s, I'm sure. We don't see this happen as much anymore, but it's an amazing place. Tell us a little bit about what your business is like now, what you do and uh, sure. how you do it, I mean, without giving away too many trade secrets. I don't want to give away all the secrets. The truth is the industry we're in is a lot like uh, uh, some other industries, like the real estate industry. There's uh, professionals that understand how the ins and outs work. And so I had the pleasure now helping my clients negotiate the best contracts and find the best locations for their meetings and assure them that they're getting the deal that's as fair as possible for the hotel and for them. So it's a really unique and cool place to be in because of my experience that allows me more of a, an idea of stability for, to allow them to understand how it works and to strategize and, get, and put themselves in the best situation to get the best ROI out of their conferences. It's not necessarily the best deal all the time. It's, it's usually the best strategy that works. So I have that pleasure of doing that now. Top to bottom, beginning to end, Anybody who starts with questions, they want to know what's going on. My wife's a realtor, by the way. So, uh, I yeah. mean, this is the service that she provides, and she depends on uh, 100% referral business. And as a result, people come back. You know, you make a friend, and it just continues to happen. I imagine that's kind of how your business is. You know, J.J., it really is. And I think a lot of the reasons why you and I have this conversation, because it reflects that. It's, it's a people business. And... I find the relationships in this business are more of a synergy positioning for you. And we're in a new world, a new age where your network of connections and an ability to build friendships in the industry through social media is a real advantage in, in marketing your opportunities and allowing people to see you transparently without any defenses and really give an opportunity to show that there is an honest way to do business. And if you put the right people in your circle, you'll be successful. Yes, that, that's the truth. And, and they'll keep coming back. Years ago, while I was uh, just doing radio part-time, uh, I started a party and event business called the Travel and Rock and Roll Show. I was fortunate enough at the time to be on a radio station that had a very big tower. And it got, you know, people who listen out of Atlanta may remember this, was Fox 97. It, we covered all the way up to, uh, like, almost as far as Chattanooga, almost as far north as Greenville, as far south as, like, Macon. And so there, uh, there was plenty of party business to be had. And as a result, I was doing pretty big businesses, uh, Home Depot and, but then again, there are a whole lot of class reunions. And the great thing about class reunions, they come back every five or 10 years. So it works out <laughs> really well. It's just, I mean, I love doing the party and event business. And I can tell by the way you talk about it. I mean, it's just part of your blood. It is. You know, I like to joke that if you look in other industries, they might not have as much fun as we do. And that's really the reason why I've always stayed with it. The first time I uh, experienced our industry, I was working at the Golden Nugget. And I was running restaurants for them back then. And I was invited to go out to the pool and see a slot tournament get set up on a pool deck for the evening pool party. I didn't imagine what it might look like. But what I saw them do in front of me was to literally create a restaurant out of thin air. 
Wow. And I had been stuck in this building the whole time for the last two years running that restaurant and realized this is what I want to do. I want to get out in that excitement. Yeah, it's like it's, it's, it's literally like watching the Super Bowl party or a halftime show happen. This is what hotels do all day long when they have to turn over their pool deck and, and create a night event for their guests. Mm-hmm. They have to move a whole lot of people out and a whole lot of people in and without everybody knowing what's going on. <laughs> so, yeah. Dean, can you uh, give, me, give me an idea of how people can get a hold of you if, uh, if they want to talk to you about events of any kind or their uh, companies may want to do that? What's the best way to get to Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Sure, LinkedIn's best. Look me up in LinkedIn. Or send me an email at dfisher at meetingsme.com. And they can also write to me as well. It's radiojackson at gmail.com, and I can get you in touch with Dean. Dean, this is great just talking to you. And uh, as things go on and events start to happen, if there's anything you want to talk about or say you're at a, a great big event and uh, you, you just want to kind of go live with us, we'd love to have you back. You know, JJ, we talked about that, and I will be traveling this year, and there will be three or four destinations we'll do that in. I've, uh, I've seen so many unique things out in the Caribbean over the last two years that I'd love to share and your audience. It's just a really neat world. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us. Do you know anything about wine? I think I know somebody who does. Time for Super Wine Guy, Michael Gallant. Oh, yeah. Oh, he knows wine. He knows. Yes, he knows. The original wine connoisseur. He's been to France. Whether you're looking for good deals on great wine or great deals on good wine, stand by for more food tips. The Basics and Beyond. Michael Gallant. I love those things with my wine. It's another edition of The Super Wine Guy on Food Tips, The Basics and Beyond. Uh, this time, we've... This is not... This one's not French, is it? I caught you right caught in mid-swallow. Me, caught me mid-swallow there, you know. Yeah, as you know, I drink a, a ton of... A ton of French wine. I really am a, a big time Francophile, and I but I do drink wine from other places. I love wine from all over the world, and this is Italian now. Mm. Um, this is a producer called G D Vajra V A J R A, oh, and they're my. a Barolo. God, <laughs> is that a good? Oh my God, or a yeah, bad? Yeah, oh my yeah. God, no, it's okay. good. It's good. <laughs> that was I, I could have gone either way. That uh, that uh, oh my God. So this producer Vajra is a Barolo producer. Mm. So they are based in the Longue um, region of Italy. And so the wines, the red wines in that area are, are predominantly based on you a know grape where Longue called, is? It's in the, is it Tuscany? Tuscany? Yeah, it's in Tuscany. No, it's in Piedmont. Uh, is that higher or lower? I can't higher, remember. higher, higher, higher. Okay, so closer to uh, Venice than it is to uh, Napoli. Yes. And, um, Should have said Rome. And this grape, Nebbiolo, is the primary grape in um, Barolo, and and it, and it does very well here. And um, um, this is they're they're known as a producer of of pretty Barolos are pretty expensive these days. They're known as having pretty reasonably priced Barolo to the point where it makes a lot of wine lists by the glass, which is unusual. You got to hit a certain price point for this. This is not a Barolo per se. It's made from the same grape, Nebbiolo. Um, it's from the region, Longue, made by a Barolo producer. But they're trying to, um, they're calling this kind of an old school style. This bottling is called Claret, C-L-A-R-E-J-C. And, and basically they're making it in a lighter style with an almost spritz to it right. that 
um, you know, likes a little bit of a chill that's more accessible. Most Barolos need 10 years to kind of come around to be drinkable or more. And they've gotten super expensive. You know, good Barolo, 100 bucks, 125. Wow. Unusual to get it for 60 or 75. That's unusual. So these guys are, have always been kind of a value Barolo producer, very well known, well, good quality and all that. And so they decided to make this, they're calling this kind of old style, you know, Barolo. Um, it's lower alcohol. It's is it done, really? Yeah, I think Because so. I'm tasting a little. Is it 14? Yeah, straight 14. Yeah, I, yeah. Th- I thought it was a little bit. Yeah, it's, so it's fresh. Boom, just bottled fairly in the last couple of months. And I and I saw an email around it and I thought, oh, that's interesting. I'm not a huge Barolo fan personally. I never, I just for some reason, I've never been taken to kind of the styles and things. Well, tons of my friends are huge into them and I respect them, but I don't drink a ton of them. So I thought, you know, I'm going to try this. It's a different styled Barolo. Again, it's almost got a little spritz to it. It's lighter. You know, it, yeah, and it, it's it, you, just by the color, the color alone. I mean, yeah. it, look, you know, one of the things they compare... Barolo to and Nebbiolo to is they compare them to like Burgundy and Pinot Noir and that grape has a little bit. This is much more like that. This smells and kind of tastes kind of like Pinot Noir, very aromatic. You can tell the color of it is very light. Um, but you know, for Still, me, that's a nice summer red. You not, know, yeah, Chilling not up. so fruit forward as a as a Pinot. No, and Pinot's you're right. Pinot very, you know, that grape is very friendly, very straightforward. Right. Nebbiolo has some of those qualities. It, 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 I mean, I may be wrong with this because I've tasted a number of Chiantis. Yeah, and this has a little bit of that. Barolo yeah. kind of has a little bit of a that. A little bit it? of that. The Chianti grape is Sangiovese. Right, right. It has much higher acidity. Um, and a lot of times they there's other stuff kind of blended in there. They come off drier. Yeah, very dry. It, they can be super acid. They're great food wines because right. of that. Um, and they've done you know pretty well with them. And um, uh, this is Nebbiolo is not quite that acidic. It's got a lot of acidity. But to me, it's got a little bit different fruit quality. And Sangiovese comes in a couple of different forms you know chianti again is almost is primarily you know sangiovese sometimes it's got a little other stuff blended into it um and again for me sangiovese higher acidity not as plush a fruit profile right this is pretty plush certainly for for wines from the Lange and from nebbiolo so let's get uh, the opinion of our producer here uh patty what do you think of that i'm, I'm out <laughs> Here, let me help, Patty. <laughs> he almost spit out his wife. <laughs> oh, this is uh, how we start the day around here at uh, the podcast. Yeah. You know, so uh, drinking wines at 10 a.m. Cost so. of food tips. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we like to give it a uh, foreign name. It, yeah. It's, um, it's smooth, and yet it's got a little... Kick. Tartness. Tart. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good yeah, good way to put it. And again, it, it you know, one of the descriptors I got was it, it said it had a little kind of fizz to it, a little bit of a, you know, of that. And I'm, it does have I'm a little bit. You got it right? Yeah, Patty, you are yeah. on it, you know. So you trust, your, a, trust your instincts. You have a marvelous you know? palate. I just needed yeah. another pour. You, you think so? Yeah. yeah. You just, you know, you have a great palate. You just don't always have the words you need for it, you know. So I have a lot of words. I just, you know. And I think maybe she needs a little bit more to taste before she can actually. Yeah, she can actually. Make a decision. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I find uh, the more I taste, the better my descriptors are, you know. I find so, the more I taste, yeah. the better the wine is. Yeah, exactly. That too. So, and but course, yeah, so this is, this producer's out there. Um uh, you know, they're, they're prominent in the U.S. because, again, they are very well known for 
reasonably priced Barolo. I'm not sure there's a lot of this particular wine. This is a new bottling for them. They've been working on it for a couple of years. The project, they're calling it kind of the way Barolo was a hundred years ago. Okay. You know, it made these wines. Now Barolo has become super serious, super ageable, super specific to to particular areas. Um, and they're making some very serious long-aged wines now. I mean, Barolo, you know, I don't know a lot of guys who collect Barolo, really know it. So, so here in the future, you're uh, going to be representing some uh, Italian wines. Oh, yeah. I got a whole new Italian portfolio. Uh, very cool um, curated. Uh, the guy's name is Eros Spinozzi. He lives in Marche. Uh, over in Italy, on the coast, on the Amalfi Coast. Um, I think it's Amalfi Coast. It's on that side, right. yeah. So, and then he's got wines from uh, from Lange, from Piedmont, from um, Tuscany, from the Veneto. A lot of different cool things. Fam- small family producers. So I kind of lucked into this portfolio. He's going to be in the market in September. Maybe we can do a little segment with him on really? a show. That would be great. And he knows his stuff, you know, and, and really knows his stuff. He spends a little time in Georgia. He comes in. It's a very cool portfolio, small families, great stories. And so I'm really just beginning to learn the wines. I'm, I'm opening some tomorrow for a, a retail, a couple of retailers in town. Nice guy. So I'll report back. I haven't even met him yet. You so haven't met him yeah, yet? No, I'm getting, the wines come from a, a distri- they're imported by a distributor up in, um, in Nashville, and so they're with another distributor here in Georgia. That's who I work with. And they're in Alabama. They're in about 20 states. And they're interesting. They've got, you know, Amarone, and they've got some Chiantis, and they've got uh, a really cool white wine called Pecorino, like the cheese. Wow. Same spelling, very cool wine. We'll have that for one of the shows. Um, really, really interesting, really fabulous stuff. Okay, so uh, what's uh, can, can we get this? I think it'll probably be available in Georgia um, the, because this producer is here in the state and does a lot of business. So I'm not. So I'd ask your local retailer to if they can get this again. The producer is called um, um, Vajra V A J R A, and it's G D the initials. And this is called Claret. Um, so I would ask your local. Not to be confused you know, with the uh, no with claret. the yeah claret yeah different things so. But yeah, ask your local guy if they carry this producer of Barolo, and if they do, they might be able to get this. So I mean, it's brand new. Just I just got it recently within the last couple of weeks, and um, it just you know had a fascinating story for me. So. What if we did a, a wine search on that? Did wine searcher? Yeah, you can do that. Wine searcher is a great um, website. It's wine wine dash searcher dot com, okay. and what they do is. Um, you type in the name of the wine, and it'll tell you what retailers have it and what the price is. Not everybody's in there. You know, it's only, you know, there are kind of certain um, retailers that are in there. Patty's going to look, see if she can find it. And so, um, but there are some, um, that's a cool website if you're looking for kind of pricing or scores. Right, right. Um, or availability on stuff, you right. know, because it's, it's nationwide. Availability and where, I mean, yeah, you can see yeah. what it is. In and not every retailer uses it. Not every retailer, obviously you have to register and be involved with it. But like I know some of the big boys here locally are in it. I, a matter of fact, my Pecorino that I'm representing, I looked online for it and the first thing that cropped up was the biggest wine store in Atlanta had it. And I was like, oh, okay. Great. That's interesting, so. I what is the some. biggest wine store in Atlanta? Tower uh, Wine and Spirits. Yeah. They're, they're the biggest in terms of volume. There are some total wine here. They're pretty big, but yeah. Tower's Boom. huge. Oh, there you go. What you Boom. got? 24 bucks. 24 bucks. Yeah, wow, that's, that's not right. bad. Where's it at? Is it? Does it show any in uh, Georgia? 
We're checking. So we're checking. We're checking. So you go down here. You here's your it, yeah. retailers. There we go. Those are all um, Napa, Napa, Napa. Yeah, those are um, auction sites. And here's one in New York. Oh, B twenty one. That's a good. B twenty one's a really good store down uh, outside of Tampa. Okay. They do a massive amount of online. They've got a good price on it too. So what was the price? Twenty two, twenty one ninety eight. So people listening in Tampa, and we yeah. know you're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You should try this because it really it's is really tasty. Good. Yeah, it's really fun. So. Yeah, and there'll be more here. Yeah, I'll be interested what it's going to be like. Um, I'm going to leave that for you and Patty to drink later today, and but you need to report back as to what it did. You know. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not after we drink the whole yeah, bottle, but maybe not coherently. The morning but, yeah, after, we make probably... some notes. That's what I would <laughs> okay, do. Then you can refer idea. back. You know? Well, this is great. This is uh, this is awesome. Uh, give the name one more time. All of it. Um, Patty, you got. Oh well, we can. Oh, here, so. Sorry. So the producer is is G D Vajra. V A J R A, that's the producer, mm-hmm. and it's a Lange Nebbiolo, and the designation on it is Clare, C L A R E with an accent, J C. New bottling for them, new stylistic thing, um, not a Barolo in particular, but a Nebbiolo, the grape and Barolo from Lange. So, so if you get some and uh, let let us know, you can uh, you can write to us and and we'll talk about you on the uh, podcast. That's a wrap on this Food Tips, The Basics and Beyond. Special thanks to Dino Fisher from Meetings Made Easy for giving us the true Las Vegas experience. Always great having Super Wine Guy Michael Gallant in the studio. And thanks to the lovely Patio Furniture providing commentary and tasting expertise. Dave Parker is the voice behind our soon-to-be-famous production values. You got questions? We've got answers. Write to me, radiojackson at gmail.com. Until next time... I am J.J. Jackson, and this is Food Tips, The Basics and Beyond.